All right, guys, welcome back to the Star Wars The Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me as always, my co host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here to make our picks for the divisional round of uh, the 2023 NFL playoffs. Dylan, we didn't do too bad, I guess, in the, the super wild card round, uh, although my bold pick of the Jags worked out, my bold pick of the uh, Bucks did not uh, by any, any means whatsoever. So, um, you win some, you lose some. You got the, the Giants over the Vikings, so that was a nice one. Um, but now things get tougher because there's four games left, and somehow you and I forced ourselves to sort of pick an upset somewhere. Uh, we're not going to do this kind of in our usual way of just kind of going through and saying, here's this group of games, this group of games. We're just going to talk about all of them. And uh, while doing that, we'll give you our, our betting locks and kind of our game of the weeks and our upsets and all that because we, we did force ourselves to – do a betting lock and an upset, but it was not easy with this group of games uh, because we only have four. But um, plenty of that to get to, Dylan, here in a second. But before we start that off, I think we need to talk about something else that's uh, been a hot topic. And no, it's not Tom Brady because we've kind of already talked about him um, <laughs> on a previous episode, and certainly there will be a lot of discussion about that. But the bigger story perhaps is the fact that, you know, the Ravens are now out of the playoffs and we look at the situation for another, you know, top quarterback in the league, and that's Lamar Jackson. Um, and certainly we've talked a lot about sort of the contract situation with him and what's going to happen next, but now that process is sort of expedited because the Ravens are no longer playing, and so um, now, you know, you have to start to figure those kind of things out and, and see where it goes from here because, again, we know how it works in the NFL. Decisions are made pretty quickly because they have to be made pretty quickly uh, in terms of, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do when we get to this certain point where we know we either have to, you know, make this call on him, we have to do this, we have to do that. So the Ravens are an interesting spot, and again, we see all the things Lamar has done for them. Um, you know, we can play the game of whether they would have beat the Bengals with Lamar and and all this other stuff, but like a lot of value there. And um, now things perhaps start to get interesting in terms of where where both parties go from here. Yeah. I'd- you know, all this, it's been dragging on so long at this point that it kind of faded into the background, maybe at certain points, with all the other narratives and different kind of, you know, quarterback news and stuff going on this season outside of maybe Baltimore. I'm sure for their fans, this is something you can't stop thinking about because for many of them, I mean, it's hard to fathom the dude winning MVP and then we're sitting at this point where it's not its not like, oh, he has one more year. It's kind of like last season. Now it's like, all right, the contract's up. Obviously, they can tag him. Um you know he could sit still the whole you know it's a messy kind of situation I you know I know a lot of people have kind of said this I think they need to just sign him now to the a deal that's fair enough I'm sure they're still not going to have to put the amount of guaranteed money that maybe every quarterback gets um uh, but I'm sure he's still you know that's obviously the biggest thing that Lamar wants here given the style that they ask him to play the style he plays I mean he could play a different quarterback position if they really wanted that's not going to be as physical and running the football as much but it's built into their offense and you try to think of what could have been if he was out there again on on Sunday what you know did they miss already an opportunity this season obviously his injuries and you know some people speculating that it had to do with him not playing because of him not wanting to get hurt before a contract year maybe there's some of truth to that but it seems like based on some of the the accounts from Marlon Humphrey and other guys that he's not in any position to play right now not at a high level at least um, with him apparently limping around the the building there in Baltimore and just overall not being ready Calais Campbell also coming to his defense so 
It's a it's a tricky thing. Um, I mean, you understand maybe the initial point of view of the team thinking trying to protect themselves, but at the same time, you gotta just sign him because like, what do you, what do you you know if you trade him yeah. if you trade him and then he goes somewhere else and he's great as we know Lamar can be. You're, it's just a fan base is going to be so livid with the, the, a team that has you know built such a good culture and such a you know a team that for years and years now we're still talking about the Ravens. It's not the same Ravens from all the you know, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed years, but they've kept a culture and been able to stay relatively within contention for a really long time. Um, yeah, they haven't won a Super Bowl in a decade now, but they're still always kind of floating around. And it's like these, these are these are the kind of decisions that if you don't you know give the money to Lamar and other players are there and they're looking at their own situations and feeling like maybe this isn't a team that is on the side of the players. I mean, it's a tricky, it's kind of a slippery slope when you have the guy that's one of the more respected names in the locker room and he's not being taken care of by the organization. Well, I mean, and obviously, like you said, I think that's where the discussion is going to turn. Well, what if, what if it's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to part ways here. Like, sorry, that's just, you know, it gets to that point. It's like, well, this is not, this is what we're going to do. I mean, I've seen, certainly we know how that works like already. I mean, the playoffs are still going on, but, Every fan has somehow connected Lamar Jackson to their team, perhaps, um, you know, and just trying to figure out a way to get him there. I know one of the ones who was it was it uh, Richard Sherman was that the he put out the I think he put out some kind of proposal to get Lamar Jackson to Seattle and trade Geno Smith to the the Ravens and um, he he went into it like he had this very well um, you know kind of planned out scenario, but I don't know if that's um, you know going to happen, but it's at least interesting, right and. I know other people are talking about, well, you know, look at places like Houston or Atlanta and, and all these, but like, it's just, I mean, that's where, like, if you're talking about a trade, right, there is a lot, as we've said with some of these other like big time players in the past, like there's a lot in play there in terms of the assets and all these other things that you have to have to be able to pull something like that off. Um, I don't know. The Jets are probably a team that will be mentioned in that category yeah. because of I think, you know, you can certainly look at a lot of different things perhaps with the Jets and kind of where they are right now. Certainly they're not invested in Zach Wilson long-term. I think it's very clear at this point. So, like, that's one that's interesting to think about. Um, we know the Raiders need a quarterback. <laughs> um, you know, don't know if that would ever happen just based on the, again, the asset situation, those kind of things. I mean, you certainly have to dive into this more to really figure out who are the teams that have the best capital to put up um, to make this happen. But – I think the betting odds do favor – I'm pulling them up here. Like the Jets, I think, are the betting favorites if the trade happens. Um, then I think it's the Falcons, Raiders, perhaps. And then you got teams like the Colts, Commanders, Panthers, which, right, I mean, it makes sense. These are all teams that <laughs> are in a situation yeah. where they need a quarterback, right? So it's not that shocking that you would just put all these teams in a row and say take your pick. But it's it's an interesting thought at least. Yeah, when we those are all the teams you basically named off the teams that we'll eventually talk about when we do our inevitable QB carousel conversation. Yes. I think we have basically every year, either right every after year. the Super Bowl or during those two weeks before it. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of teams you'd be a little, I think, uh, stupid to not take a shot at him if you really need a quarterback. If you don't have a settled guy, I mean, it's not like you have to. I think there is maybe this narrative too with Lamar that you have to really formulate your offense to him. And well, and any good coach and any team should <laughs> take into account the skills of their players and and call plays and have an offense that uh, best suits them. I don't think it's as 
crazy as it has to, as it, some people might think it has to be like what Baltimore, uh, all, uh, you know, initially did. I mean, even look at what the Eagles did early, in the early part of last or the late uh, latter part of the 2021 season, playing up to Jalen Hurts's skill set at the time. And, you know, it was a very run based offense, very different than what they look like now. They've evolved to a point you're seeing his ability to throw. And it's not, I mean, Lamar can throw the ball as much as people like to joke about other things. It's like he's a great quarterback. He's he, he just has not had not just a system, but some of the skill players uh, uh, with him in Baltimore at times uh, at the receiver position to best utilize what it can do. I, I in terms of the teams you said, ones that um, I think that possibly makes sense. Yeah, obviously, like if if Houston now falling out of the number one pick, if they aren't fully uh you know happy with two quarterbacks in the draft if they're really only in on Bryce or only in on Stroud or one guy and someone trades up and gets him I mean that's something they could think about for sure but I think from the point of view of a team that had an offensive line this year that um surprisingly when I looked at PFF's final uh offensive line rankings I didn't expect the Falcons to be in the top 10 but they were I think right at the 10 spot and you think of having a line like that how important that can be for uh, uh, with what Lamar can do. And you look at the skill position players, they're starting to rack up and how they're going to continue to be able to rack up in this next draft. I mean, unless they, you know, use it, pick the trade for Lamar. So they're a spot that makes sense to me. Uh, just looking at the teams that you mentioned, not for, not just from uh, any of those teams, the commanders, Panthers, all these teams should want him, but at least in what they already have right now, that maybe. And it feels like Arthur Smith could have, you know, be able to figure out something there that could work and actually make that, be something that uh, works out. I just don't know from the Ravens' point of view. Again, it all comes back to what are you guys going to do? Like, do do you have the? Do you feel like you're going to? You know, Tyler Huntley looked great. You know, in written relief, and he has been done a solid job. But is that enough? And I don't know if it's enough to you. You know, you had this great defense this year, and what could have been if Lamar was fully healthy? And what could have been if you had a couple more guys on the offense to help him out? And overall, in the receiving game, it's. It's tough because the defense fluctuates year to year. You can't predict that you're going to have such a dominant unit that put up yeah. just a stellar performance against Cincinnati. Um, and you're going to need Lamar. I think you're going to need Lamar. I think ultimately Baltimore is going to you know, get to a point where they're going to figure out that that's the best thing for them. I don't think if the Texans get the young quarterback that they want that they're necessarily going to pull off. You know, It wouldn't be like a situation where the Ravens suddenly get – a CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young. Um, I think they would, if Houston gets the guy that they want in that spot, that kind of rules them out of the conversation. Looking at like teams with cap space, obviously the Bears have a ridiculous amount, but they're not going to, with Justin Fields in there, I don't think they're going to be in consideration here. So, yeah, Seattle is the one, like you said, that has a lot of cap space. I just don't think Geno really works for the system they want in Baltimore unless they want to completely blow things up um, with what Greg Roman has kind of built there. Uh, it, it's certainly in play, um, but yeah, I, I think the Falcons are the one that I'm. That, that com- combines cap space. They're third in total cap space. Looking at uh, Spo Track for 2023 right now with over 56 million. Um, it just seems like they would make the most sense for the personnel they have. The Jets would be awesome, but I don't think they have maybe the money to pull it off. And I don't know if that's the direction they're going to go compared to. I'm sure they'll figure out some things with their contracts, but uh, we've talked about Derek Carr and other quarterbacks that are kind of in that middle tier that maybe make a little more sense for them, just given what they had this past season, what they might need. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I really do think the Falcons, from from my point of view, make the most sense if it's going to ever move in that direction. I just don't. I, I really don't think the Ravens are ultimately going to pull the trigger. They're playing a game of chicken here, and I think they're eventually going to 
you know, maybe they end up paying him more than they wanted to. I, I don't know exactly that. I haven't looked into the exact details. I know guaranteed money is the big problem, but maybe, um, maybe they're just ultimately going to have to do it. Cause I don't, I don't know. Like again, I, I think it's not just Lamar. They have to think about it. It's about the whole team and the, the impact of tagging your quarterback. And it's a former MVP. And what is that? And then you're like, what do they think of me? Do they think I'm just worth what well, I really is a, a thing where it, I don't think you have to like overspend to like send a message about you caring about your players, but I do think there's some there's a middle ground where they can find a, a fair deal that Lamar will ultimately take, and I hope that happens soon. Yeah, I we'll see. I mean, I, I think like there there used to be a point where you're like they'll get this done, right? I mean, like there there was one point where you're like come on, this is not going to be an issue, but now, as you said earlier, like as it's just gotten to where it is now, like. And not just Lamar's situation, like other situations too. It's like the longer this thing drags out, the more Yeah. I mean it's just the way it works. Like the more pessimistic I think you are about it happening. So we'll see. Um a lot to discuss moving forward with Lamar and the Ravens. All right, let's get to the picks because um again, we're gonna try to do okay. We we did okay last week with our picks, but um these I think are I think three of the four are actually pretty tough to predict here um let's start with the one that i don't think is that tough to predict <laughs> and that's the jags and the chiefs the chiefs are eight and a half point favorites in this one um i just think this is one like you know you think about how the jags won that game against the the chargers and sometimes like we've seen this over the years where a team wins just a crazy game like that maybe not to that extent and it just comes out the next game and just has nothing left I almost wonder if that's kind of the situation here because the Chiefs, to me, feel like a team that's way more, I don't know what the word is, than the Chargers. Like, it just, I feel like you can trust them a lot more, maybe. That's the easiest word to use. Um, And, you know, I still think, you know, Doug Peterson will get creative here because I think you'll have to, you know, to beat this Chiefs team. But um, I I just think the Chiefs, this just feels like the right spot to me for them just based on, again, kind of the, the emotional aspect of the Jags winning that game against the Chargers and sometimes again you just wonder I know it's the playoffs and it's you know it's a week ago but I think that I think there's something to that and you know like we said it's it's not as though the Jags were like perfect by like and played just great it's just that unfortunately I think a lot of the discussion turns towards just how the Chargers manage the game and um that certainly allowed you know the Jags I think to make those kind of plays and and ultimately win that one but I'm going Chiefs here. I just, you know, maybe should have made this my lock. I didn't. I'm actually going to have a reverse lock here in a second, Dylan, <laughs> for the first time maybe. But I just think it's you can't pick against the Chiefs in this spot. I yeah. Uh, as much as the Jags are fun, and as much as I want to think, all right, you know, they can do some good things on offense, and they just have to, you know, be more consistent. They just haven't been overly consistent. There's a reason they've had to yeah. to drive out of these uh, big deficits. Uh, the Jags 30th and pass defense DVOA it all it all lines up and that's ultimately why I picked the Chiefs to <laughs> yeah. to end up covering the eight and a half point spread as my lock out of the four like you mentioned yeah not not bad last week I I think I went five and one you went four and two you won the regular season picks like I won last year and then you won the playoff picks maybe I need to I need to flip it again in the postseason but reversing it uh yeah. and this one it doesn't matter I guess <laughs> whether we either both lose or both win but I'm putting it as my lock um I you know Kansas City didn't, as we've talked about, did not close the season with the most rousing, like dominant run. Like they barely 
beat the Broncos in week 17. Uh, they had a close game, obviously, in overtime against Houston. Even the first Broncos game where they took a big lead, the, the Broncos stormed back, and if Russell Wilson doesn't get hurt in that game, things might change. Um, just, you know, they, and they did play the Jaguars not that long ago, kind of more towards the middle of the season and the second week in November. I think this game might have a, a similar kind of feel to that. The Chiefs ultimately won 27-17. That would just, you know, barely get me that that victory here. I, I just don't think that the Jags' defense is going to be able to slow them down. The same – I don't think the, the limitations – whether they're self-induced is you know with joe lombardi you know as we kind of predicted on monday ultimately getting fired as the offense coordinator of the chargers i don't think that the chiefs are going to hold back anything and aren't going to be they know to take all the all the talent and all the ability that mahomes has and let him just out go out there and ball and i think that's exactly what's going to happen i do you know the chiefs defense still not exactly dominant but i just think in this matchup um they're going to put up enough points i think they're going to get into the 30s and you know all it takes they're pretty opportunistic defense still if they get one two turnovers i don't think that the jacks can lose another turnover battle by even a couple and have a, a chance to win in this one so i'll go with kansas city winning by about 10 maybe a little more uh hopefully to, to make me feel a little closer about my or not so uh, going right down to the wire with my um lock here but i it's an interesting game still i you know it all, when you get to the divisional round everyone's good um you know maybe yeah. the giants and and, and uh, Jags don't quite fit in, which would make sense when you also look. The top six DVOA teams are literally the other six teams still left. Um, but I, I still think the Jags, you know, they put up a good effort in this one. I just don't. I don't know if they're quite there yet. I'm, you know, the, a couple more pieces uh, on that team, and you know, I, we already know. No matter what happens on Saturday, the the excitement for that franchise and and that team going into next season is going to be top notch and i am really excited to see what they can do and maybe maybe they'll prove us wrong and make this one close uh the chiefs have let teams stick in uh in some of these games throughout the season well yeah i mean it's hard to make betting locks you're confident about when you get to the divisional round but we're forcing ourselves to do it and so um there's yours with the chiefs and that probably would have been mine had i not decided to Kind of change course here and put mine actually on the next game because the Giants are at the Eagles. The Eagles are seven and a half point favorites in this one. Like you said, Dylan, it would have been interesting to see, you know, kind of in that final game of the regular season to to see everyone out there and you know, kind of get a full preview, but you can't really use that. Now, certainly you could go back a month ago when the Eagles just, you know, dominated the Giants, 48-22. But for some reason, and I think you're kind of on the same page, for some reason, I just think this is going to be close. And, you know, maybe it's the fact these teams are playing for a third time. Divisional games, we know how that can go sometimes. I am going to pick the Eagles to win the game, but I'm actually going to kind of go the opposite here. Usually we have to pick the favorites as our betting lock. I'm going to pick the underdog here and say that the Giants plus 7.5 is maybe the best choice of the week. Now, in, in hindsight, I could probably go with, like, I don't know, the Bengals maybe or one of these other games. But, but I don't know why. I just – for some reason, there's just something about this game and maybe just something about the Giants that I just tend to think that this will not be what it was the first time around. Um, you know, because again, I think that's that feels like forever ago now, kind of with the way, you know, the Giants are playing. So I'll pick the Eagles to win. I'm curious to see how the game plays out because, like I said, I, for some reason, I just I expect it to be close. Yeah, I, I, I could see that for sure happening. I, I don't, you know... As much as the Eagles were a dominant force and won a lot of games, we talked about it before the season. There, there's a reason, like when we looked at their, I think their win loss 
prediction was like eight and a half or nine and it moved up to nine and a half and we we're like you got to go over they have the second easiest yeah. schedule yeah. they're way better than people were getting them credit for and sure enough i mean they were even better than i could have anticipated uh clearly given I, I ended up picking dallas to win the division you picked the eagles um <laughs> but they you know they have slowed down over the second half of the year obviously jalen hurts's injuries and everything that's happened are a question mark getting that extra week off obviously with the bye and even their play calling in that week 18 game with jalen wasn't utilizing him the same way they had throughout the season so and, and they're not a defense that's been dominant they've been good um I, I, you know but they haven't been exactly perfect against the run in particular i think that's uh, where they struggle a bit they're down yeah 21st and run defense dvoa obviously that matches up quite well with the giants a really tough team to defend overall the way that daniel jones and the offense was called i think coaching wise i mean I think that, you know, both teams on offense are about as good well coached as you could hope at this point. Um, with what Wink and that Giants defense have been able to do at certain points has been great, but they weren't, you know, exactly perfect. And I don't know with the offense line of the Eagles if Dexter Lawrence is going to be able to wreck things and just overall as a defensive line, if they're going to be able to have the same advantage they, they did and we kind of thought they might against Minnesota. Uh, as much as I'm talking about the, the defense, the run defense being a struggle for Philadelphia I think the Giants are down yeah they're 32nd in run defense DVOA I know that the philosophy of the Eagles has changed they're not just a run first offense they throw quite a bit um, but I think this is a game where they're gonna it's gonna get sloppy in the trenches I think they're gonna be uh, making it a, more of a smash mouth uh, game at some points again to still kind of protect Jalen I'm sure they're gonna have him run to an extent but maybe not as much as we're used to I think it all lends credence to what you're with your pick here with the the Eagles not covering that spread I think they do win the game yeah. I, I did ultimately I couldn't as much as I kind of thought for a second you know given we had we were like we got to pick one upset thought about this one um but I just couldn't quite do it I think the Eagles win by a touchdown but that that, that would be perfect for you um I think it I think it's just <laughs> they're a better team at this point as much as the Giants have a lot of good things going for them and looked great on offense the, the Eagles defense is much better than the defense we just saw them play in Minnesota uh, they're not going to have an offensive line again to abuse the same way. They have you know, a lot of skill position players that are going to be open like some of those guys in Minnesota were. So I think the, the totality of the team, even the Giants have, as we've talked about, I you know as much as what Doug Peterson has done has been amazing. Sirianni, obviously, with the Eagles, deserves tons of credit. Um, I think we've kind of said it last time. I think Dable makes sense for, just, uh, for the coach of the year, given that he, what they had – as we've talked about and where they've go, gone this season with the talent and the ability they've they've really changed the not just the culture but also been able to squeeze every little thing out of every player they have in their team and as they continue to build it's going to be fun but i think the eagles are just further in that build um and that's ultimately why i think the, the better team in this one will just ultimately get the win yep i think that's probably the best choice um like i said i just Kind of think it'll be close, but um, hey, I thought the same about the Bucks and the Cowboys, and well, that didn't turn out well. <laughs> um, all right, I'd be shocked if this one isn't close because the Bengals are at the Bills. Uh, the Bills are five and a half point favorites in this one. As we've said before, this sort of feels like you know this is an AFC Championship type game, but with the way the AFC is, as we we kind of said, the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills, one of them is not getting to the AFC Championship game, and that is going to be the case here. Uh, because these two will meet up um, here in Buffalo. And, I mean, look, this is – I went back and forth on this one because I I just, you know, I, I find it really hard to pick against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, um, certainly given what they did last year in the playoffs, right? And, they're, you know, I know they kind of had a close call and we said how different that Ravens game could have been if they don't get just the, you know, maybe one in 100 play 
uh, returning that <laughs> yep. for a touchdown. Um, and so that probably factors in a little bit, but uh, I mean, this is our game of the week. I, I think it's the, the best choice and, and should be the best game, but man, I went back and forth on this so much and I'm even thinking about changing it right now, but my gut told me to take the Bengals, but I'm going to take the Bills because I just think that they, I don't know, they, I think they squeezed this one out. But this should be, I think this will, this should be as good as advertised. And I guess we do need to check the weather, Dylan. That's something we got to think about. It's um, uh, right now, I believe, 80% chance snow, of snow, right? but not yeah. much snow. It's like under okay. an inch expected, something like that. I was kind of thinking, I was like, there has to be some snow. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. So, um, I'm going to go with the Bills. I just, they're the home team. In all honesty, if this was in Cincinnati, I'd pick the Bengals, but it's one of those kind of games and it's a tough call. It's a tough call for me. So it's funny. You said your gut was to go with the Bengals and you went with the Bills. <laughs> I might be the opposite. I feel like just something's going to happen with Buffalo in this one where they're going to get back to the title game. We're going to get to see that yeah. Atlanta, uh, <laughs> alternate site for Chiefs, Bills, but yeah. I ultimately picked the Bengals because I just think they're, you know, I don't know. It's Joe Burrow, and it's yeah. I, I. I know he struggled in this in the last part of the last game. He didn't wasn't able to quite finish the Ravens, and they they might have had his number there. But I think it's just a different scenario than what we have here. Uh, yes, Jonah Williams, his apparently day to day. I thought he was for sure going to miss the game. I was looking it up right when we were starting this that he might have a chance at playing. If he does, then he's compromised. But the Bills just haven't been the same as we know since Von Miller's gone out. Their pressure rate when they had him was in the top five in the league, and it's now in the 20s since his injury. Um, I just, you know, even against this a compromised offensive line for the, the Bengals, they've been able to figure things out throughout the year. Maybe they'll get a little more healthy in this one. Um, on the flip side, you know, the Bengals' defense is still really good. I, I We talked about how that was one of the biggest parts that improved and the consistency there going from last season to this year. You start, start to happen in the postseason a year ago, and they've really – come on in a big way to a, to a point now where, you know, they're not dominant, but they're just solid. And I, I think that Buffalo just, I don't know, the way that they obviously looked a little bit shaky and things would change maybe if I still had Dable there. Maybe, maybe I'm yeah. reacting too much to one game um, with the Bills in this one. But I don't know. It just it, There's a reason that this game is our game of the week, like you mentioned. I mean, this could have been the AFC title game last year. It could have been the AFC title game this year, depending on how things uh, end up sorting out. I mean, they're, there's, they've just been two of the best teams in the league. They're both on two of the longer winning streaks uh, outside of the Niners, at least in the AFC. Uh, I don't think – I think the, both of them have not lost any games since, like, the middle kind of part of the year. Um, obviously, one of them would have lost that Week 17 game. But uh, it's just they're, – they're so – both just really good they're evenly matched in a lot of ways um you know the bills defense i i want to think that that again that's why my gut maybe was like they're gonna do enough in this one to slow down joe burrow and that team and ultimately you know maybe a lower scoring game let me see what the over under is real quick it's at 48 i mean i might go under which sounds not fun i mean yeah, watch I'm, it be a, watch I'm it be a shootout but i i kind of feel <laughs> yeah. like this game not like a low scoring game but i could see it being like a 20 seven to 20 final one way or the other um which would get you right under that um it's just i don't think the weather's going to play a huge part or be any negative i think there was something about joe burrow being four no in games under 32 degrees and josh allen being eight no so i mean something's gonna have to give in this one uh with that but uh, just two really fun 
teams, two fan bases that are, you know, we're talking about, it's, it's kind of hilarious when you look at the combined Super Bowls between the two conferences, uh, teams that are left in the NFC, it's like 15, if I'm, if I'm not wrong off the top of my head, between the four teams. There's only two combined Super Bowls between the four and the AFC, and they're both Chiefs, uh, one over 50 years ago and one a few years ago, because, you know, these are star fan bases, especially in Buffalo and Cincinnati, that are just on the cusp of knowing they're so close to being able to get that Lombardi trophy and they're going to have to go through each other for years and years to have a chance at doing it. A lot of times it's going to be Kansas City just waiting on the doorstep like they are this time potentially. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I couldn't be more excited for Sunday in general, uh, both the game, the next game we're going to get to as well. But I think this one in particular with these quarterbacks and the legacies and how we feel like we're going to probably – this could be the first of many postseason battles between these guys – uh, it's just going to be so fun, but I'll, I'll go with the Bengals. I'm, you know, I'm again, like opposite of what you said, going with your, uh, against your gut. I'm going against my gut. Cause part of me just thinks that Buffalo is just too good and they're going to not put up a, an effort like they did against yeah. Miami. They're going to be able to lock things in a bit more, but, uh, I'll go with Joe cool. Just keeping his composure and Evan McPherson finding it. I know he missed an extra point <laughs> again. Um, but I'll, I'll go with him finding it with a late field goal to get a, a narrow win here. Well, speaking of missed extra points, uh, that's um, <laughs> boy, that's quite a segue into the other game. Like you said, they really loaded up. Nothing against the Saturday games, but the Sunday games were just nuts. Um, yep. Cowboys at the Niners. Uh, the Niners are four-point favorites in this game, and boy, you want to talk about another one that feels like it's very – I mean, it's kind of take your pick here for me. Um, I think the Cowboys maybe, you know – not a bad choice as the, the plus four in this scenario because I, again, fully kind of expect this to be a close game. Um, you know, Dylan, I I said, and maybe I'm like overcorrecting myself here, you know, I picked the Bucks to beat the Cowboys because I think, in all honesty, I was just trying to hold on to my Super Bowl pick, even though I knew that, you know, my Super Bowl pick was a team that wound up going, having a losing record and winning their division. Um, that's usually never uh, the path <laughs> to a Super Bowl. But um, I tried to hang on. It just didn't work out. But I am going to go here and lean towards the direction of the Cowboys. And, and you know, I, I don't do that often because I always say, like, in some of these big games like this, it's hard to trust them. You certainly had to like what you see, you know, you saw from them against the Bucks on the road. This is a much tougher challenge against this Niners team. Um, we know what they're capable of on both sides of the ball. Like we said, the big playability of the Niners is just – it's something. But the Cowboys also have that, and – I think that's, you know, something else that kind of stands out in a matchup like this. But, I mean, look, I mean, the last time, what, the Niners haven't lost a game since, when was that? What was the date on that? That was Oh, man, they won 10 in a, a row in the regular ago, season, right? so yeah. 11 in a row overall. <laughs> trying to see what the date, October 23rd? Yeah, they haven't lost a game since October 23rd. That's a long time ago. Um, so, it's really hard to, to make this pick knowing that, but unfortunately – we had to make an upset pick somewhere, and I decided instead I think I probably should have went with the Bengals, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys because we have to pick an upset. <laughs> but mm, I don't feel great about it. Don't feel great about it at all, but I don't know. Maybe this is it for the Cowboys, right? Like maybe this is where they turn the corner, but, boy, they got a tough challenge to do so against this 49ers team. Yeah, the Niners are rolling. Obviously, in the first half at times weren't perfect, and I, I think Dallas, it's just a tough matchup overall for any offense, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, Dak has to, first of all, play like he just did. Uh, you know, we didn't talk, obviously, we, we recorded Monday during the day. We didn't talk about that game. But Dak was fantastic. Um, they, they're, you know, a dominant 
uh, performance by him. I don't know, like similar to what I was concerned with at times, and they ended up doing a pretty good job using Tony Pollard. You know, as, there's certain opponents where the Cowboys can just run and overwhelm you with Zeke and that line, and it's just not wasn't going to happen really in Tampa. And, they, and Pollard was able to kind of be that that next uh, X factor for them on in the running game. And I think it could be again in this one. San Francisco has a lot of speed, but you're also just not going to be able to run straight at them uh, the same way they could with some mm-hmm. opponents. So Dak's going to have to throw well. We we did see some of the corners in San Francisco not exactly have their best games of the season just now against the the Seahawks. Uh, someone else, as we know, has to step up alongside C.D. Lamb. It's been a, a question all season. T.Y. Hilton had a few good catches. Obviously, Dalton Schultz had one of his, uh, you know, could have had three touchdowns if Dak just lofted the one ball to him. Obviously, wasn't going to risk that on the fourth down run in on a second touchdown. But I think those 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 guys are all going to have – everyone's going to have to bring their A game. They cannot – you know, turn the ball over and kind of get into what happened as we saw the last time these two teams played in the playoffs just a year ago. San Francisco, you know, the only reason it really got close to the end was San Francisco kind of played it too close and instead of just utilizing some of the things that had gotten them that big lead. Um, I do wonder in this game, you know, if Brock Purdy plays the same way he did at certain points. Again, we're not taking anything away. We're 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 pro. Uh, I think we're pretty pro Purdy. <laughs> Uh, with the way we've talked about yeah he i mean he played really well um at certain moments he wasn't perfect the first half was a little shaky at times but in the second half outside of a a couple of passes i mean you could have done everything you could have wanted to decision wise he's all there uh as uh, which is crazy to say for the last pick of the draft but you do wonder this is these are the two top dvoa defenses in the league and this dallas defense is not the same animal he just played in seattle so I think that side's a really interesting one. They have all these talented play uh, players. They have all this speed and all these different things. Can they out, uh, you know, out coach Dan Quinn? And I think that's, you know, as we've kind of I've said with Dallas, I think Dan Quinn and that defense, what he's been able to do the last couple of years, is one of the more impressive things about this team. I, you know, at times their offense utilizes maybe just the talent to a, an extent where I, I wonder about some other things they could do. But on defense, I mean, they're as good as you could hope um if they play like they did, uh, did last week and, and micah parsons comes out and kind of has that that overwhelming performance which is obviously going to be tougher against san francisco they're going to have the scheme for everything around him and i think that does maybe change the math a bit for san francisco where they usually like to pl- play with basically every part of the field open to them with all that said I th- i'm picking the niners um just because i think they're <laughs> a force right now but i don't you know out of the upset picks i do think this and even espn's football power index i always check when we're doing these previews they have dallas as the favorite 52 percent uh just barely over san francisco none of the other games uh, the underdogs are even close to to like 40 percent. i think the Bengals are just under 40 um so i i think it's really a close game i i I think the defenses are the story. I think it, you know, we have seen Kyle Shanahan at times in the playoffs uh, with when when things are close. Maybe the, the timeout decisions and the just the play call decisions gets a little too, you know, conservative. Um, maybe is the word, but I mean, I don't want to blame him when you have a rookie last pick in the draft against this defense of Dallas. It's just swarming, so it's yeah. going to be fun to watch. I, I just think the Niners maybe have a little too much talent. I think maybe. We've seen that we saw Dak in the playoffs last year against San Francisco struggle. I think their defense is only yep. better. I just have a concern that maybe the the Niners defense is kind of going to be the the ultimate factor that takes over this game because uh, I don't think they're going to really run on them. So it's going to be up to Dak and maybe just all it takes is one or two throws. I think really the turnover battle in this game might be. I'd be shocked if a team that loses that battle by two plus 
wins this game. I think if you lose it by one, sure, you could have a shot. But if you lose it by two, I think it's just those just having the ball is going to be so important for both these teams. And um, but yeah, couldn't be more excited. Obviously, classic franchises, a classic rivalry that's kind of being restored now with back-to-back playoff matchups. Um, and this one in San Francisco looks unlike the other uh, last week when there was supposed to be rain. I think when I checked Santa Clara's weather yesterday, at least it showed for uh, like high 50s and partly cloudy. Yeah. So should be perfect weather for a really fun game. Yep. Hopefully no snow there. I don't think. Uh, but as we said, Bills, Bengals, probably a little snow action, um, which would make that one kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, this we're splitting our picks for Sunday's games, but that just kind of shows you, I think, that the. Uh, who knows, right? Like it's just gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. I think to see how this plays out. So, there you go. There are picks for uh, the divisional round, the NFL playoffs. Our chances of getting all of them right, very low, Dylan. Uh, based on <laughs> some of these matchups, uh, just just again, given how they could play out. So, there you go. There are thoughts on that. Of course, lots of coverage over uh, clutch points to get you ready for all the action. So, Dylan, let them know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can go to the Clutch Points app to the NFL section there to follow all four playoff games here in divisional round on the website, clutchpoints.com. Go to that NFL section. We have tons of preview stuff coming out. We're going to have, by the time this is out, X-Factor articles on uh, for every team, uh, previews for uh, predictions for every single team in addition to betting previews for each game, uh, looking at more prop bet kind of stuff, obviously all the injury news uh, that you could hope to read about going into these games. Hopefully as many of these players that are questionable actually are able to go and go at, uh, closer to full strength and not. Obviously tons of coverage on all the fallout of the teams that did just lose, the Chargers search for a new offense coordinator, the Lamar Jackson stuff, Tom Brady's uh, everything. Aaron Rodgers just had some interesting comments on the Pat McAfee show that we covered. So any, you know, any of that stuff, NFL uh, around this time of year, even though there's only eight teams left, the other 24, there's plenty of Plenty of things happening uh, and going on, and a lot of stuff. Even C.J. Stroud, it wasn't that long ago that he just declared for the draft. So yeah, we've yeah. looking at some of the possible fits for him, getting out some more draft stuff. We had a mock draft that I thought was really well done that you can find if you search that on the site. So a lot of a lot of it's a fun time of year, as we always know. And yeah, we love the season, love the regular season, but even you know when we get to the playoffs and then even the draft and free agency. Still interesting. It sets up, it sets the table. It's like a clean slate for the whole next year. So 24 teams are already looking ahead, but eight of them still feeling like they got a shot here. Yep. Should be fun. So check everything out over clutch points. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, uh, any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Pass. Thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.